This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 297. I had to, I had to look twice. <laughs> I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening is Mac. Good evening. I have successfully transferred a high, a lower pressure environment into a higher pressure environment for aquatic life forms. That's good. Are they alien life forms? No, they're just aquatic. Okay. And then, and the dumbass himself. I'm looking forward to Sausage Goods show tonight. <laughs> uh, how's everybody doing? I'm doing I'm pretty tired. good. I'm tired. You're tired? Anything, anything going on we need to be aware of? Well, apparently Ian wants us to uh, hawk his next book, even though uh, he's not here. Daughter of Ash and Nightmare, Georgie and I'm on vacation story, now available. <laughs> Cover art to be done, was done using, oh, using your. Yeah, uh, he's, uh, he, he's got AI generated cover image, imagery now. Hey, as long as he doesn't have to pay for it. <laughs> Apparently, I, yeah, I, I still wonder what the copyright might be of that, you know, what the implications are there. But, I mean, he got a good one. The, the artwork, that I mean, it looks pretty good. I wonder I wonder what, what search terms he used to get that. Mm. Did you look at the cover art? I did. It's uh, it, it's, it's very neat. Uh, he's, uh, um, uh, I'm not sure uh, who the daughter of Ashen Nightmares uh, is, but uh, uh, if that's a representation of her, it seems kind of cool and... Uh, weird and spooky. There you go. Yeah. So okay. So there it is. So uh, we're gonna do our usual, just makeup stuff uh, about this book I in mean, order to sell it to people. I, I think I think we have to. I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's kind of kind of required. I mean, but uh, yeah. So so what do you so what did you make of the the the, the book that you didn't read that you're gonna make something <laughs> up about? Uh, yeah. You know, um, uh, I find it uh, amazing that uh, uh, Marvel let him use all those characters. Um, when, when, like, uh, j- just when uh, Captain America uh, came in in order to help Georgia and Armand, my, my, you know, jaw was just to the floor. Yeah, it's. I think it. I think he actually wants to get sued because you know there's no such <laughs> thing as bad publicity. You know, I'll bet that's his strategy. <laughs> and it's not an audible yet, but it is a short story. I don't, I don't know how long it is. You want to know what I made of it? What'd you make of it? So it's a uh, short story, but it's at fifty pages. I made forty-five cranes and five swans <laughs> out of origami. Huh. Well, at least it, it went to use. And that, uh, of course, that was uh, the, all, all digital swans, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, in the in the in the paperless age, origami, you know, is uh, is not the same skill it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, are we are ready to get into it? I think so. So uh, who introduces the next section? I'll go for it. All right, you go for it. It is time for Ian and my illustrious self's masturbation moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. It's great that they sponsored this segment, because otherwise we couldn't afford to put it on. (laughs) 
No, no, yeah, th this, is, this is where uh, uh, most of my cash goes out in the dumbass media empire. You've noticed that uh, I, I haven't uh, really done anything else with it, and this is the reason why I've been just uh, <laughs> funding funding this. It's basically uh, uh, the dumbass media empire is almost broke. It's almost broke. Funding this, <laughs> funding this, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it uh, it it's a, so it has a surprisingly big big budget. <laughs> Ah, even uh, though it all goes into my pocket. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, new research identifies distinct masturbation satisfaction patterns amongst men and women. Right. Um this is uh from a new research uh published uh a, a paper published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior. This was a survey uh, that they uh, that they did uh, looking for patterns of um, uh, of masturbation uh, and uh, putting them out into four categories. They basically here did uh, kind of a uh, four part um, uh, grid of uh, how much a person masturbates, whether um, a lot or or not a lot, with uh, how satis satisfied uh, they are sexually. And I broke it down between women and men, and to, to say uh, differently between uh, women and men. But overall, tell you the um, uh, results. The thirty-three point one percent. This was the largest uh, uh, segment. Had uh, both uh, high masturbation frequency and high sexual satisfaction. And then uh, the second largest, thirty-one point five. Very close. Characterized by low masturbation frequency and high sexual satisfaction. Which, uh, I, that all sounds good to me because, uh, you know, like, no matter how much you masturbate, as long as you're satisfied with your uh, sexuality and your sexual satisfaction, I think that's the biggest thing. And it shows that uh, over 60% of people in this survey were uh, uh, highly sexually satisfied. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it does make me wonder what the demographics were. Mm. Did Do they cover that? Age and well, stuff like um, that? They, they talk about, uh, they broke it up between men and women. I don't know... Uh, uh, whether the paper had much about age or whatever. So this is one of those ones where the full paper is available online. I didn't realize that. Mm. So this was a, a sample of 4,160 4, Norwegians aging 18 to to 89. So, once, so this is interesting. So this may not be representative of, of a U.S. study, right? No, and uh, um, I'm going to go into uh, more of the details, but uh, okay. yeah, um, the, uh, I would say that probably a, a lot of things about um, society and norms and stuff uh, uh, play into account in a lot of this. I, I would think. Um, it looks um, like they also touch on frequencies of pornography use in the study. Did, yes. Uh, talking about um, uh, the uh, the other ones uh, where we're talking about uh, lower Low sexual satisfaction. Uh, the third uh, segment, 18.7%. Uh, high ma masturbation frequency, but low sexual satisfaction. And then the smallest cluster, 16.7%. Low masturbation frequency and low sexual satisfaction. Which, uh, it's, I was thinking about this, uh, hard to know how to interpret that. If it does low sexual satisfaction just like... How would you how would you say look like if somebody isn't interested in sex, uh, then uh, they wouldn't be even looking for sexual satisfaction. So low se sexual satisfaction would like categorize them, but it uh, wouldn't it wouldn't be like how it sounds like they're like they're not satisfied. Like they probably are still satisfied, and that I, I think that might make up a larger percentage of the low masturbation people because um, you know, people. 
we what we so so we don't know a lot of we I mean we don't have any of that information for this study. We don't know how they got their participants. We don't we I, I don't think we know uh, we don't know if any of them identified as a you know a sexual or you know or anything like that. We don't have any right. of those kind of information. So to so to understand where the highs and lows come from, I'm not I haven't read the full study. I'm not sure that. Um, what what you're suggesting actually would would cover it, not knowing you know some more specifics. Yeah, this is, this is just me uh, thinking uh, yeah. outside of the data that's presented here, um, because like uh, if, if the only option is low sexual satisfaction, how does that relate to somebody who has a low sex drive or no sex drive? Right. Well, I can think of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, Mac. Go ahead before I go. Uh, the the question that really hasn't been addressed here so far is the. Uh, the high the high masturbation frequency that you're talking about does that require a special antenna to pick it up <laughs> so so i where i was going to go a with a very this, special antenna a very, um we one of the things that we don't know is uh, are these are, are we are we interviewing couples right and do those do do we have a couples that have a low satisfaction rating? Because mm-hmm. they, because then you know you then I mean because then you need to start breaking stuff down by you know I mean is is one person not getting satisfied or, or or two people not being satisfied and what and what the conditions for what they might not be getting satisfied is because you you can have you know a situation where where somebody is saying well you know the, he's he's watching porn all the time. And and when he's watching porn, then I'm not getting I'm not getting my needs met. And so now we have a communication issue. Right. But that's not necessarily what this is saying. Some people would just I mean, maybe they're just not satisfied in their sexual relationship with their particular partner um, for other reasons. And, and I and I suspect that there can be other reasons. Maybe maybe they they're not communicating with their needs to each other. I mean, I guess I'm going to come back to communication on all of this stuff, right? Because if you're not satisfied with your particular sex life, and maybe you don't have a partner, and that's what and that's what's making it non-satisfying. But that's a different issue than if you have a partner and and the two of you aren't satisfying aren't aren't satisfied with the sexual relationship that you're having. I, th- I think there are possibly uh, other data points uh, in here with uh, other conclusions uh, you could draw, but. Uh, they, they did uh, differentiate between uh, men and women, and they, they found uh, that um, men, uh, they're a little bit of a different pattern, because uh, like, men seem to uh, use uh, masturbation more uh, to compensate uh, for having uh, uh, less sex. If they, if they have less sex, then their, their masturbation uh, uh, increases, uh, like it's a substitute, whereas women uh find it uh t- tend to like use it more to supplement uh their sex life uh, rather than as a substitution for not getting enough and then of course then you want to know well okay of of those people if you have a woman that you know that that they that they're masturbating for different reasons right and are are they are they comfortable with that situation are they not communicating well enough um you know is is it is it possible that one person wants sex so much more than the other that mm-hmm. that, that you know it's like you know i'll give you this but then you know you 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 fill your others in some other way i mean yeah i, I think uh, i think more about the men because it seems to me that uh this is part of a, a societal idea of men have that uh masturbation is uh some uh, a shameful thing uh, that uh, that only should be done uh, out of uh, out of need, and if you can if you can get the pussy, you, you got you, you know that that's the preferable thing. Uh, that uh, you know, like if you're getting the pussy, you don't need masturbation. Well, yeah, well I, I don't know here, that that's here, true. Oh, sorry, here Matt. in the U.S. Right is, is where that is, but you know, but that is true 
the even the uh, even the advertisements you'll find on some of the porn sites will say, you know, don't don't be a loser and and do this here. You know, go to this site and and have sex with a single mom tonight. There or there are I've there are milfs in your area that want sex. According yeah. to the ad, there are so many milfs in my area. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I see all those things, and of course, I haven't pursued any of them, so I don't know what's behind them, right? I don't know what's actually, you know, I mean, is it, does it link to Tinder or something? I mean, what, what are they actually? I've never clicked on them. <laughs> yeah, I've never clicked on them either. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for a sad data point then. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming the moment I click on them, I'll be like bombarded with every single virus. So, but here's the thing I can't tell you. In Norway... Is is masturbation is stigmatized for men and women as it is here in the in the U.S. I I, I don't. That's, I, a, that's a good question. That. What is the uh, uh, the sensibilities on sex in uh, in Norway? I'm gonna guess that it that that I think that they're that in general that they're more open and um, and have better communication than than the U.S. does. And I think that I this is something that I'm recalling from from studies that. Um, that we talked about much earlier on the podcast, and especially when we were talking about like teen pregnancy ratings and stuff, rates and stuff like that being much lower in that state, uh, in that country, um, they, they you know they have more comprehensive sex education, and so it sounds like it sex my sex and uh, sexuality is less stigmatized, but I I don't know if that's tr- still true or if I'm off my or remembering wrong. Mm. Brian, I, I heard what you were going to say and. It could be true, and you could also be off your rocker. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yes, those two are are not mutually exclusive. I embrace both conclusions. Yeah, okay. Very good. What else do we need to know from this? I, they also found that uh, sexual distress, negative body image, and negative genital self-image uh, were strongly linked to sexual dissatisfaction. So what does that mean? But that... you know, um, I think predictably uh, it was the males who were pretty much uh, um, affected by the genital uh, dissatisfaction. What were you going to say there, Mac? I was going to say that I can only climax if I uh, if I picture myself as the rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's I, I can also only climax if I picture you as the rock. It it's it. <laughs> It's an interesting way to look at things because, like, so if if you want to, if you are overweight, then you you automatically are going to take yourself out of a out of a certain group of potential people to have sex with, right? That somebody who who cares about 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 that weight. Um, and so, if you want to have sex with those people that might care about that, then you have to change your body style, right? Your body type. You 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 have to you have to you have to make a change if if you want to avail yourself of, of that population, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, like like I'm sporting the dad bod. That that certainly narrows down my my you know my uh, potential dating possibility. Mm. I have a hard time picturing that, Brian. You've never had that kind of metabolism. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I, I probably don't have quite the dad bod, but I certainly weigh more than I used to. That's okay, Brian. I also weigh more than you used to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I think you know that the um because this is available in its entirety, it's one of those ones that you know go back and read through entirety um, because it, it it does look like they you know they they spent quite a bit of time and their sample size is not terrible. Um, but what I'd like to see is the survey. I'm always interested when we have these kinds of studies that are survey-based 
what they look like? Did they have a did they have a sociologist help them? You know, put it all together and to make sure that they were asking the questions correctly. I'm always nervous, you know, because it's so easy to skew your data with bad um, questions or to try and you know turn create the data you want to create with with you know leading questions. Mm, yeah, especially uh, especially in a survey, it can be like really hard to tell, which is. Uh... Yeah, it, it, it it's one of the things that's it's so uh, sci- science can often be really messy in like the the truth and like uh, how we come up with this and um uh, it often but it often like devolves down to just like throwing scientific uh statistics uh out without uh, any kind of analysis of them uh in an argument, right? You know, one of the things that I I'm, I look for in a study is if they acknowledge their limitations of of what they've what they've done here, and one of the things it does say it says today it, re, uh, it says research on masturbation has been limited to only concerning on linear progressions linking masturbation with sexual satisfaction because it seems to be a lack of commonly shared instructions for masturbation. So I mean, I'm looking in here. They go through the methodology, but do they acknowledge the limitations of their study? Right. And I'm I'm not I'm not seeing that, and that always makes me nervous, because because when when you when you are collecting data like this, you need to be upfront about the limitations of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's in here, and without reading the whole thing, maybe I'm not sure. I'm not seeing it. But you know what I'm talking about? Because it's like you you, you obviously can't cover everything. You know, there, there's limitations to what what your data is going to show, and so you need to be upfront about. It. Mm. Yeah, uh, I get what you're saying. Um... Yeah, especially like uh, if you're like uh, trying to to uh, prove some sort of bigger point and, uh, using more than one study, you want to make sure that uh, uh, the the stuff that you have like isn't you know giving uh, misleading idea about it. Right. Exactly. So yeah. So I I I I'm most interested in the survey questions, which I don't see here. But it, like say it's all it is all available here. Um, how it was funded, um, ethics declaration. Good. So that's good. Rights and permission. So whether or not we can even talk about it on our podcast should be covered in here. Creative Commons attribution. So we can talk about it and use it as necessary. I, I do like research that's published openly like this, though. I think I think mm. there's some utility in that. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, cool. Should, should we talk about uh, the, uh, uh, the, the the picture of a planet that isn't a, that isn't a, that didn't come from the James <laughs> Webb telescope? Yeah. Uh, well, this has been going around. I have a feeling that uh, uh, a lot of people have heard it now. But uh, yeah, there's a, a French uh, scientist who pulled a little bit of a prank um, on his Twitter account. Um, he uh, uploaded a uh, planetary photo supposed to be uh, from the James uh, Webb. Sorry, go ahead. It's from the. It's supposed to be from the from the James Webb telescope. Right. Anyone. Yeah. But what it is is a piece of uh, lunch meat uh, that he just uh, took, a, surrounded uh, by a black surface, that he uh, took a photo of uh, a chorizo, put it up there to see if anybody would notice, um, and he was apparently uh, forced to apologize apologize about it. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how do you feel about this? I mean, I don't. I. I. It wasn't malicious, right? It was. I mean, he he did it. He did it because he thought it, you know probably it was just a joke. But right. I think that, that you know, the you wouldn't, community, wouldn't think that anybody would actually fall for it for long. Yeah, I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you do this? I mean, he, you, you got to put it up with a wink and a nod, right? Of course, mm-hmm. I don't read French, so I don't know if it was done that way. Um, but I mean, the certainly the uh, 
people were upset about it. And I'm right. torn. Um, yeah. He said, uh, in view of some comments, I feel compelled to clarify that this tweet showing an alleged snapshot of Proxima Centauri was a form of am- amusement. Let us learn to be aware of arguments from authority as much as the spontaneous eloquence of certain images. I don't know. I thought it, I, I, I got a chuckle out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I certainly, looking at it, I would. I, I don't know that I would have necessarily necessarily known, not being any you know an expert of any sort. Mac, did well, you see? I mean, uh, yeah, on first glance, uh, <laughs> you you might just uh, dismiss it until you look a little closer and like, wait a minute, that looks that doesn't look uh, like uh, really like the planetary photography I've seen before. Yeah, what were you going to say, Mac? I was going to say it's chorizo. Well, I mean, I so... I, I know chorizo. I mean. I mean, but looking at that, I couldn't tell you. Well, I guess I, I guess I would know that it isn't proximatory because it's that's still too far away for us to take this clear a picture of. Yeah, but Proximus Centauri is actually made of pepperoni. Oh, that's good to know. So, actually, I, I might have taken that for pepperoni if I if I hadn't heard chorizo too. Okay, I yeah sure. Or a really really red salami. So I don't know. I wasn't. I'm not so upset about it. I mean, he, he came out. He came out and said, "But it was." And that's you know. I, I think. I think we need to take this stuff with a grain of salt sometimes. Yeah. Um. The, uh, there's actually a history of uh, people doing uh, silly little frauds like that, uh, uh, just in order to try to shake people out of their um, their mindset and get them to question things. I think uh, Snopes did that one time, right? I, okay, Snopes has gotten in trouble for putting you know fake stuff up on their site, and I think that in the case of Snopes, I don't think that they should put up satirical articles on their site because you we ha- I have an expectation when I when I go to Snopes. Now, should I check things out further than than what Snopes says? Yeah, probably, um, but that's but I, I but I think that they should they they hurt their own reputation and their own you know when they do that kind of stuff. This this to me is a joke. I don't. I, this wasn't done as a fraud, you know. He he was he was having a laugh, and scientists can have a laugh too, can't they? But yeah. I, I do feel differently scientists when Snopes does have it. A laugh. Yeah, I, but I feel differently when Snopes does it. Mm. But of course, I give Snopes money. I don't give this guy any money. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, they, they, they did. Snopes had the one article that was a thing about uh, zebras on television, right? Yeah, I don't know. But if I read to the bottom of it, do they tell me that this is satire? If that's the case, then it's okay, right? If if if, right. They, if they if they make sure it's disclosed somewhere on the page, you know, and I don't read to the bottom, that's that's my bad. Because we we've done that. I with the I think it was the Beaverton where you were reading it. You're reading, you know, an article on it, and you were telling us about the article, and then I told you to read the very bottom. <laughs> Yep. Right. Oh, it's a satire site. You know, so, I mean, we could have a laugh about that stuff. We've gotten caught up in it before. Um, uh, you know, I think a lot of times these days people do take things way too seriously. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what that, that did. I did learn from, you know, from that especially is, you know, to, to when it, whenever I'm going to re- use an article is to uh, go to the about page. Of, of a site and, and, and take a look at that first and, and make sure that it's not satire. Cause like the Beaverton is fairly upfront about the fact that they're satire, but you, but if you don't read at the bottom, you know, or, or go to the, about yeah, there page, might be some sites that you don't recognize are satirical sites. Exactly. Right. So, so I, so I, I'm, I'm much more cautious about sites now. I, I will go, I, I, I will now, if I don't know the site, I will go read the about before I, before sometimes even before I go back and read the article. So I mean I think sometimes the stuff reminds us to you know to um, to be skeptical. Mm-hmm. 
overall, I wasn't upset. <laughs> no, I mean, like, obviously he wasn't uh, trying to uh, uh, do it in order to uh, really fool anybody. Yeah. Well, if he'd been trying uh, to fool somebody, he'd have used olive loaf. <laughs> A nice pimento. <laughs> yep. But, you know, uh, uh, yeah, scientific misconduct uh, does happen. Um, and uh, uh, according to this article, uh, uh, even when it does happen and the papers are uh, retracted, uh, the, the uh, scientific community uh, often is ignorant of that and keeps citing them. And so that happens that 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 can happen, you know, and and, it, and it's certainly a problem when people are are um, are going back to a discredited site and continue to use them. I, we we've seen that too, where people are are still citing discredited research, and then people, you know, that and we get you know people complain about science because see, cause science can be wrong too. Yes, but you know how we found out that the science was wrong? Better science, right? I mean, that, mm-hmm. like when when those like Piltdown Man is is a good it was was a was definitely a, you know a scientific fraud, but it but it, but the only way we caught that was by doing you know was was scientists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know if if. If scientific papers can be problematic, that's why I do all my research on an unassailable source, Wikipedia. <laughs> because, well, you know, our... it's it's written by the crowd, and the crowd can't be wrong. Right. Of course. Uh, th- this article uh, talks specifically about a Japanese uh, re- nutrition researcher named Yoshihiro Sato. Uh, who uh, uh, forged, plagiarized, or other, otherwise falsified uh, dozens of articles. Let's get like, 27 uh, of uh, Sato's uh, retractions dealing with osteoporosis. And, uh, they, yeah, they're just showing that people uh, are still uh, uh, citing his studies. It, it certainly is a problem, but this, the, but, this is, but this isn't a scientific paper. He didn't submit this for scientific review. He, he, he put a tweet up, right? Am I wrong? Oh, for for which one? For for the uh, Teresa one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was just a tweet. I, I, there's a big difference between putting up a a, a a tweet for a laugh and and then writing a fraudulent paper and submitting it for peer review. Yeah, true, true That's enough. Yes, uh, that 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 uh, I'm not I'm not trying to equate them uh, as uh, the same the same thing here. Okay, but yeah, um, it, it goes to show that there there is it, the science uh, is a lot, often a lot more of a uh, an uncertain area than you'd think, and it shows here that even things that should should be simple, like you should be able to like if somebody's uh, uh, put out a fraudulent uh, study or something. And it's being retracted. That should be something that is easy to access. That scientists will know about, uh, and that will be, and they'll they'll want to stay away from it. But uh, apparently, uh, we don't have uh, systems in place to uh, really uh, have a, a robust uh, uh, thing like that happen. Well, and the other thing is that if you're going to cite a source like that, it, it, as a, as a scientist, citing cite, using somebody else's source, you know, to to bolster something you're doing, you need to you need to have a you should have a better understanding of the source that you're citing because if it because if it because if you're citing a source source has been retracted you are liable to you're liable to make a big fool of yourself right i mean it it it's potentially it could be a career damaging move in that case if you're citing you know retracted research mm-hmm. especially knowingly right i mean I, I mean if you know it's been but it bolsters what you're already doing um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, even apparently if it's only not... only eight of the there there are eighty six papers who they contacted uh, and only eight of them actually um, 
put out uh, any notices about uh, oh, uh, this uh, this one of these uh, things that we relied on uh, was fraudulent. The rest of them, you know, basically turn a blind eye to it if it uh, they come uh, come to the uh, come up with the news that uh, that uh, the some of the uh, data was fraudulent. Uh, they'll just be like, uh, well, well, well yeah, they'll probably minimize it. Be like, oh, that probably doesn't have all that much to do with that. There are so many other papers, you know, like. And, you know, like, just nobody wants to deal with that. And I guess they, they, they would have to, like, do extra work, too. So, like, uh, I get it. Who wants to do extra work just because one of the papers you put in turns out was hinky? It, well, it'd be like, you know, using Andrew Wakefield research to, you know, to, to, to publish something on, you know, on autism. Right. If, if you don't know that he's been, that his stuff has been retracted and he's been discredited, and you and you go and and you went and you were to use his research, then then you'd be negligent. I guess if if they're not getting the word out about a, a site re, a study retraction, then it's more difficult because there is no like one source for this stuff, right? Because each journal is responsible for what it publishes. But that's not every study, even because not all studies get published in journals, mm. right? The the journals are just the stuff we hear about. True enough, and yeah, like from from all reports, it, it can be easy enough to. Uh... Uh, perform and uh, get a, get away with uh, fraud and stuff because uh, yeah, like we're saying, the uh, air checking to uh, try to find fraud uh, isn't as robust as we would like. Yeah, well, and we and we know that um, there was some skeptics a while back that that published that that, that they submitted papers for, you know for peer review that were bogus and the, and they and but they were the the idea is that they were testing the peer review process and they got and they got through and. And they and they weren't caught, and of course they they immediately said, "Hey, listen, the, you know the, this this is this study is no good," and and challenged their peer review process. There's no question that there's issues with peer review too, right? I mean, the the yeah. quality of the peer review has everything to do with the people you know that that are reviewing it, and whether they really take the time to break it down and actually um, take a look at it. And of course, replica. I mean, should should anything even be published before it's replicated? I mean, then nothing would ever get published. But I mean, there, there, there's if we're not replicating a study, what's the what's the what's the value of the initial study? I think that if it's not published, it's probably not necessarily going to be. It's going to be. I think replicating it and getting it out there is probably a huge step toward getting it toward getting it actually tested. Yep, I I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. But I mean the replicate. But most studies don't get replicated, right? I mean people do something and move on. Yeah, uh, it's a big problem uh, in science because like uh, replication is critically important. Uh, but all people really care about is uh, you know, doing the original research and getting the headlines. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. What's the next one you got here? Landmark research on autism. It now uh, this is just. Not quite uh, proven fraud. It's like, but uh, they've come in and looked at uh, some of the images. This is a an, um, a landmark Alzheimer's study where uh, that that's been like basically the basis of uh, so much uh, Alzheimer's research and Alzheimer's theory, uh, saying that uh, the the plaques uh, on the brain the, uh, are what is causing Alzheimer's. And people have looked at the images and uh, they're like, wait, wait a minute. Uh, there's some clear uh, evidence here, manipulation uh, that uh, the, the the images uh, uh, have been uh, modified in order to to show things that uh, uh, probably didn't show. 
And, and it seems like uh, the, uh, actually like uh, that uh, the images were modified in some ways that uh, that they weren't supposed to be. Uh, as for uh, the for comment on it, and uh, the, the the original uh, study uh, said that, uh, uh, yeah, that shouldn't have been done, but, it, you know, it, it doesn't uh, affect the conclusions, really. But, you know, still, there are questions now, because, well, if they did this, what, what else did they do, right? Well, I mean, I guess if they're, if they're, if they're actually altering the, the pictures in some way, then, then I think it makes everything suspect. How do you know it doesn't, how do you know that it didn't alter the conclusion? Right, because the exclusion exactly. was made was made the made based on a faulty um, on a faulty image. It, this is the plaques research, right? That that, that they've been um, looking at yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and so and so yeah. So I think that I think it's I, I, there's a I think that there's becoming a lot of reasons to think that the um, that the plaque is not actually the issue at all. Right. It's not. Mm -hmm. and, and I think going back and looking at some of these studies and finding out that they've been altered um, is is a real problem. It means that we've been pursuing, you know, potentially been pursuing something that maybe shouldn't have been. Uh, there should have been some red flags earlier. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, part of what we've been talking about, about the whole problem with peer review, the um, the whole uh, how, how easy it is to commit fraud. In, this impacts six million Americans and their families, right? The, the, this is? research. So, so the research. Oh yeah, the uh, yeah. yeah Alzheimer's. I think is what they're referring to. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, they're referring just to, okay to Alta. Okay, in general. Yeah. I mean, in, in I'm I'm not positive, but I mean the these X-rays are the I mean are the are these people who are deceased? Is that the, I mean because it's hard to get these kinds of these X-rays with people that are still alive, right? Oh, I haven't looked uh, looked into well, what the data they were using. It could be an MRI too. It could be, or an fMRI or something. Yep. Doesn't it? It must say in here what what we're looking at. Hmm. I don't know. I did this. It it does make you wonder. And hmm. the other problem about this is that when 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 this stuff comes out, it we already have we already have a huge population of science deniers in the, in this country and. These kinds of hits to their reputation, they, they don't just affect autism research. They affect everything that, they, that they're doing. Well, this is Alzheimer's research. Yes, but it also but this also affects people doing COVID research. Yeah. And any other research. Any other research, right? right? Well, you said autism. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. It, uh, this, yeah. When, my, my point is that it doesn't – the research – style doesn't matter but when when if you if if something like this and in whether in an autism is is another one where i think that we we you know we could have the same kinds of backlash that if people are putting in fraudulent research and then it's found out about it the the repercussions of that affect every other type of research because it ruins the credibility of scientists in general and we already have an issue in this country you know of you know of, of denying people that have expertise in something as being, you know, having motivated reasoning. Uh -huh. Is that clear? <laughs> yeah. Very clear. It's okay. true. But, you know, on the other hand, if it's Alzheimer's research, it's, it's okay to, it's okay to do something like this and misdirect things because, you know, they're not going to remember anyway. Oh. <laughs> that is so terrible. It is terrible, and it is it is not something that I mean because it's <laughs> it is awful. No, but yeah, <laughs> make it. We're, we're talking. We talked about something. <laughs> oh, 
Shall we move on? Yes, let's move on to Yuri Geller. Yeah, Yuri Geller, the famous charlatan who uh, has been uh, debunked famously by James Randi. Several um, times. He he is in the news. He is uh, proclaiming that an alien invasion is imminent. Well, you know, I, he's I... got a right because he did out he did outlive James Randi. <laughs> Uh, technically true, yes. <laughs> I mean, we all still remember what he did, though, and what a sleazebag he is. But here's the thing, though. I mean, that that was that was in the past, right? I, that, does that really affect what he's telling us now? I mean, maybe we need to just evaluate the content of what he's presenting to us now, and and, and let's look at that content on on in its face value and, and give him the. I'm just giving the benefit of the doubt here. Right? You're right. You're right. Uh, I'm sure these claims are completely reasonable. <laughs> he, he has warned NASA to prepare for a massive alien invasion of Earth, which he said will take place in the near future. Well, the picture uh, in this article is of a gray, so um, <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, that was his intention or whether it's actually the, the lizard people. Um, uh, this is according to the DailyStar.uk. He's not. He's uh, not a lizard person guy. He's not the lizard person guy. That's um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the king of bullshit. What is his name? We, oh, we we've trashed him a lot too. Um, I cannot. Remember, I can't remember his name. But but you no. Talk, are you talking about Romanek? No. Oh, but no. No, oh. I'm not talking about pedophiles. Okay. No. No. Oh, no. No. I'm sorry. Child who, porn. Uh, child was porn. Having sex with uh, that that having sex with aliens. That's also a different guy. And, Oh, and I'm thinking of uh, you, you're Whitley Stryber. <laughs> Just move on. I'll be impressed when somebody has sex with alien children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that is the next step in pedophilia. Isn't oh, no. It? Yeah. No, 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 no. I thought no, that was no. supposed to be on Mars. <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, back to Geller. Um, <laughs> Uh, apparently, uh, astronomer, uh, astronomers have uh, discovered <laughs> astronomers. Astrologers? No, no, <laughs> ast astronomers. Astronomers <laughs> have discovered at a distance of four thousand light years. Uh, he says an energy source. I'm, as, I'm assuming uh, they, they've detected some sort of pulsar or some sort of uh, 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 thing that he's talking about there. But uh, he says. Uh, what it actually is, uh, is this uh, invasion force coming to invade us? He, he, he announced this on Instagram. No, they're Instagram. just making a superhighway. <laughs> he says, a team mapping radio waves in the universe has discovered something unusual that releases a giant burst of energy three times an hour and is unlike anything astronomers have seen before. No doubt in my mind that this is connected to alien intelligence uh, way, way superior than ours. Start deciphering their messages. They are preparing for a mass landing soon. Yeah, so he's saying that that, that this... Okay, so it, it appears to be a nebula. Um, NASA, uh, watch this NASA video. Zoom in on the on a nebula 4,000 light years away. This this is because the the new James Webb... I don't know, is, is this Hubble? This one might be from Hubble. Still, I, so we have these, we have these, you know, we have these machines now that can see much further... Than we ever have been before, right? So now we, so so the fact that you're seeing a light four four uh, four thousand miles light years away, right, is something that we can just do now, right? We don't have to speculate that that it's some sort of 
alien trying to talk to us. It's just something that we saw. And the idea that 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 the aliens are talking to us with it with this light from you know four thousand light years away, or sending us a message. How, so, how, you get, how you how do they know that we can receive it? So how was, do we know? that the aliens who are talking to us from 4,000 light years away with this message that they're sending, how do we know that they're even still alive? <laughs> That's the other problem. I'm serious. It's a serious question. It's a good question. I mean, we're talking about 4,000 light years away. So unless, unless they're fucking space elves and they live 4,000 years, well, yeah. then Didn't you know they're, that? Then like they're if dead. They, if, yeah. uh, if, the, if these aliens... Uh, have a way inter interstellar travel that uh, that uh, um, goes uh, in a way that uh, that uh, gets us faster than the speed of light can. Then um, this thing that happened way out there four thousand years ago has nothing to do with these guys. I, I hate this. It, look, the, 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 this this is the kind of stuff that it it is kind of spooky for astronomers because there's nothing known in the sky that does that. What does what? Well, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know about you, but I think he was just outside whacking off until he had a major big one and almost died. <laughs> and then he got it from oh, there. Oh, that, yeah, that, um, yeah. Well, you, uh, you, you see stars when that happens. I mean, I mean so I've heard. What frequency was he, was he masturbating at? Was it a radio 57 frequency? hertz. Oh, yeah. 50, 57 would hurt. Yeah. Shit, right. that would hurt. See, he, that yeah. would hurt. A strummer say that, that they're uh, – the strummers – say they have never seen anything like this mysterious new phenomenon before. Yeah, they found something new. <laughs> so what? <laughs> they believe it could be a neutron probably, star. Probably, probably got it from an article that said uh, that, you know, they're not quite sure what it is. Uh, they're, they're going through possibilities. Uh, but, you know, like, uh, you, know, you have to present it as uh, scientists are baffled. Exactly. They're shocked. <laughs> yes. It says, uh, they believe that it um, could be a neutron star, a white dwarf, or a or a super strong mag magnetic field, a magnetar, yeah. So or an some alien invasion. Yeah. So they have some ideas <laughs> of what it what it could be. They just don't know yet. That that doesn't that that doesn't mean that that it that that it deserves mystery mongering. Mm -hmm. well, see, yeah, that's racist. Does. That's racist too. Because why does yeah, it have to be a white fun. dwarf? <laughs> uh, you know, why does it have to be a white dwarf and speak with a Scottish accent? Mm. I, I've been watching the Point. Rings of Power, and apparently they're not all that color. Well, and they don't all speak with Scottish accents. I don't know if I have Some a reason aren't. for that, but I believe that She-Hulk attorney at law will know. So we'll find out. Though I'm sure that, oh, that she'll yeah. cover it. Yeah, She-Hulk will know. Attorney law. Have you watched any of that? It's actually pretty good. <laughs> the law isn't. <laughs> well, yeah, but the <laughs> show is fun. Okay. Uh, I'll, I will leave that. <laughs> so anyway, so Yuri Geller says that aliens are speaking to him psychically, telling him that they're coming to invade the world invade us and how are the heck well, are they going to get here well hold on a second if they're speaking to him psychically why are they also speaking to astronomers with pulsed light communications that's a really good question because he's so much more it is a good years ago it is a four it is a good question yeah but here's it but and 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 you know it, it we're probably going to decode the message and says if you can read this i'm probably dead right now or we're having a laugh about how pathetic I was when I wrote this. Yuri, the famous psychic Yuri Geller claims that the Earth is waiting for a mass invasion of aliens. He well, says, maybe the aliens. What? Sorry. No, go maybe ahead. the aliens are just sending him messages because his head is open and empty enough. 
<laughs> you really? know, maybe the aliens would be an improvement. You know, if I align my chakras, um, I'm sure that I could get these messages too. Mm-hmm. Well, and anyway, apparently the greys, apparently the greys are very, very cheap, and they have poor, poor hygiene. Or that might be the lizards that have poor hygiene. But the blue avians, they're they're actually pretty nice. So racist. He says mm-hmm. he stumbled upon a conversation between higher beings 4,000 light years away. According to DailyStar.uk, Geller warns, warned NASA to be prepared for a mass invasion of the Earth, which will take place in the near future. What, well, like, for, it provided that they, could, that they can travel at light speed 4,000 years? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, like uh, e- either of those things don't make sense. Like if if they if they have faster than life travel, what's with this thing about four thousand light years away that uh, happened four thousand uh, years ago? <laughs> exactly. Right. How is that evidence of anything? How did, how did yeah. he get how did he get the message? And if and if and if the and if the message traveled faster than they can, how much time do we got? Yuri Geller doesn't tell us that. I mean, he's really not giving NASA enough information. We need more to go on than this. Yeah, it's basically showing, like, very poor science literacy there. Like, the the fact that things uh, 4,000 light years away happened 4,000 years ago is very basic science. Yeah, but, you know, they could probably get here in less than 12 parsecs. Here's here's what's funny about this article. Number one, where where it's published. I'm I'm not sure. I I, kind of feel like that like this is they they also are giving Yuri Geller a kicking because why the why they talk about the source where they got this. They don't link to it. (laughs) We don't we don't want to send you there. But here's where we got it. This is weird. I'm not sure if I want to know where he got anything weird, but true. Well, the the odd uh, the the guy who who wrote this. Yeah, I I'm quite sure I don't want to know where he got anything. <laughs> well, that's why he doesn't link to it. Yeah, thank goodness. It's it's I don't know I I do wonder about the source article, but yeah, but but I also think it's telling that they don't link to the source article. They just tell you where they got it. Mm. <laughs> I don't know anything about this site. Like I say, you know. Um, do we do we really know anything about this site that that published this? What is this? It says weird dot. Right. Well, Na- you know, like Nepal something twenty four hours dot com. Yeah. I mean, this is this is basically uh, from uh, Yuri Geller's uh, Instagram thing. So uh, uh, it's basically uh, all we're uh, uh, going on here, I guess. But uh, yeah, um, and I guess and I guess uh, you could say like. Uh, how many people are really paying attention to him any anymore, right? So, did, like, did, did you look at any of the other stuff on this site? Yeah, it's uh, all <laughs> it's all stuff that is, um, it's all stuff that you know. Basically, they've got weird pictures from places and the kind of the most popular theories right there. Yeah, it looks like a lot of bullshit here. It, yeah, yeah. It, it, I I wonder I wonder I, it really makes me. Wonder about this site. Mm. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, mean uh, they're, they're on only the reporting hand, on Yuri Geller's own word, so I, I think that's fairly reliable. On the other hand, there's another post here that seems to back up what he's saying, which is that an alien sh- soldier was filmed on Mars chasing the Curiosity rover. So, so yeah. you know that does chasing it. I mean, like uh, it, they they have to repair the uh, the the Curiosity rover's movements and like do it like out. They send it out and it takes like hours for it to happen. Like that is one slow speed chase. If uh, if 
you know, it went on for any amount of time. Well, it could be one of the turtle people. You or it could be a snailian. Could be a snailian. In which <laughs> case it would be a people. not like a mala mala. <laughs> but all I'm saying is that it, you know, if we've got one alien incursion on Mars, it, it just kind of beggars credibility in to think that there's another one happening at the same time. <laughs> so I think that's support. For Yuri Geller. You know, obviously they need our moms, right? Oh, yeah. Boy. Some of some of these other articles on here, the, these headlines are just fantastic. Crouching pale humanoid being recorded on CCTV camera. Yeah. Bizarre Ian Soldier was filmed on Mars. I think is that the one you were just talking about? That's Matt? the one I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> now they, they took something blurry and, and then and then they enhanced it <laughs> to be what they wanted it to be. Of it's course. Great. Of course, everybody knows you can you can enhance photographs, make them larger, and enhance the details. I've watched CSI. I, I'm aware. Enhance yeah. that part of the photo. <laughs> enhance D three. Aliens from Andromeda told a told about the origins of mankind. <laughs> Proof of a lost race of giants was discovered in Nevada. Yeah. Why this? Where else would you see them? Yeah. Why this Polish UFO incites uh, is the most credible yet. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> it is funny. They're, they're, Not she, saying she's, much. <laughs> that's funny. Could find them in Florida because Florida has a big case of, uh, uh, what is it, snails right now. I mean, Florida is the is actually the best evidence for aliens on the planet. I think. <laughs> you know, I, I've said it. Uh -huh. I've said it last time. In the population, you mean? Yeah, yeah. That's why they're trying to get rid of all the uh, reptiles. <laughs> I, I, it's what I, I, it's what I said last week though. Is that if Florida has snails, at least they're not Kendiru. <laughs> Interesting. This okay. week, okay, I fair. found about. I found out about blob storage. Blob storage. You mean yeah, like blob storage? Blob storage stands for biling or bi bi binary large object storage. So it's considered to be it's it's called blob storage for short. And he was talking about that and how most of it, most of the storage that we use is blob storage. And he said, but then there's also semi-formatted storage. And I asked him if that could be used in terms of robotics. And he's like, well, you know, I I'm not sure. And I said, because that sounds to me like that's what Optimus Prime is, is semi-formatted storage, because that's what he turns into. <laughs> uh, and, and so basically, I walked the razor line where dad no, dad jokes and tech jokes meet. Yeah, because you're talking about, I mean, there's different types of storage online. You, you, when you talking, start talking about image storage and blob storage and, and, you know, like different types of mass storage devices and different ways to 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 store different pieces of data. Right. That that's that's what you're starting to get into. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we in, you know, so like the, the types of storage that we use in the cloud differ a lot of times for for on from on prem mass storage devices, which also sometimes make it difficult to replicate certain containers and Docker, you know, environments that you're doing in the cloud on prem because you have the, have to have the right kind of storage. Also found out this week that. Uh... That Germany is having a problem with with flocks of feral rheas. Wow. Rheas are ratite birds. They're okay. also called the South American ostrich. Mm -hmm. And uh, they imported some into Germany to farm. And 
a lot of them have gotten away and basically flocked up in two male to eight female ratios, which means mm-hmm. they can reproduce very, very fast. And uh, it got to the point where they decided they were going to send out uh, German police to try to call some of them. And we discovered something else about the Rhea, that, which is that it, with, with respect to uh, German police-issued sidearms, they are effectively bulletproof. Yeah, that's just that's the same as in uh, Australia when they actually had a um, uh, they tried to stop uh, tried to take down a whole bunch of the uh, uh, not the ostriches but the the great emu wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, Australia still still doesn't talk about wait, those. Hold on, go, no, back, no. go back to the ureas. <laughs> how, how big is this bird? Uh, it's about the size. It's a little bit smaller than an ostrich. It's a good-sized bird. The reason that they're effectively bulletproof, though, is that their feathers are fairly thick and they're fairly oily, which means that the rounds that hit them tend to hit and slide off. What kind of rounds were they firing at them? I guess they tried a bunch of different types, including hollow points. I mean, mean, this now seems like good information for material scientists to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I could I could do with a set of Rhea feather armor myself. Anyway, um, one other piece of information here, and then we'll go ahead and call it. Did you know that melons tend to have large, expensive weddings? Uh, no, I, I was unaware. Yeah, the reason for that is because they can't elope. And on that disappointment, <laughs> say goodnight, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And that is another terrible dad joke in the can. (laughs) Out of another chorizo sausage in Uranus. (laughs) If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.